Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this powerful message by David Entry at Caris Phase 2, our Christ-centered youth services. You can never find Christ outside of the open word of God. May Jesus Christ reveal himself to you as you listen. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predest- predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through, the, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Amen. So he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, when you look at the text very carefully, it starts by, after the greetings, okay. But even the greetings, as I taught you the other time, Paul has this way of doing things by greeting, starting with releasing grace unto them. So Paul starts by saying that, by introducing himself, Paul, who am I? I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the will of God, the Father. Then he says, um, um, his greetings, grace to you, wow, grace be to you, grace be to you. That's so beautiful. Grace, this this whole thing is grace. So today, I was teaching in the, in the main service, and he says that let your words be with grace. As you speak, grace is accompanying your word. One of the signs that shows that you are a genuine Christian, growing Christian, is we have to listen to you. As we listen to you speak, we have to check if grace is being expressed. How come you are filled with God, but there's gracelessness around you? Grace. Someone shout grace. Grace. So, grace, one, is the expression of God. When God is expressed, it's grace. Grace is God expressed. He says, grace be to you. And peace. Hallelujah. And peace. 
is not from the pastor. And peace not from the government, not from the doctors. Peace. And peace from God our Father. And from the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And then the verse 3 starts, Blessed be the God and, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've already covered all this. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Why? Who has blessed us? When someone looks at you, you feel blessed. You just know that this one didn't come from you. God has blessed us. And he says that let's bless him for blessing us. Blessed be God. Blessed be, blessed be God. He has blessed. Even if you don't see the blessing, it doesn't mean you are not blessed. Because it is a has blessed. Knowing who will bless. The blessing ahead of you has already been secured. So what are you supposed to do? Even though you haven't seen the way, things the way it should be. Even though you haven't experienced the testimonies you should. You have to walk and bless God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Why? Because he has blessed us. The blessings we receive from God is already happening in history. It's a has blessed, not will bless. Blessed be God, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That's why no religion is better than you. No demon is more advantageous over you, has any advantage over you. Why? Because all spiritual blessings have, we got it. We are blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. When it comes to spiritual things, no Christian is disadvantaged. No Christian is less advantaged or, no, let me put it this way, when it comes to spiritual blessings, nothing, no demon, no spiritist, no voodoo power, no occultics, no religion, no religious whatever has an upper hand over you, a Christian, when it comes to spiritual blessings. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Then he says that, verse 4, according as he has chosen us. So the blessing is not based on what we have done, but it's based on the, the fact that he has actually chosen us. I'm chosen. Say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be, we should. Be holy and blameless before God in love. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto adoption as children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good, I told you that, that, that he likes this. When he sees the way he has chosen you, he's happy. According to the good pleasure. According to the good pleasure of his will. Having, having predestinated as unto adoption by Jesus Christ. The fact that you are now a child of God makes God very pleased. Hallelujah. So he has predestined us, destinated us unto adoption, uh, uh, unto adoption of children by Christ Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. Watch this. This is where I wanted to come. That's where I started from. So the actual... Point starts from verse 3. 
Okay, because verse 1 and verse 2 are two different focuses. The focus of verse 1 is introduction. Paul and Apostle. The circle focus on verse 2 is greetings. The focus on verse 3 is doctrine. So he begins to tell us how God be blessed. And then when he mentioned God, did you realize that the verse 2 says that grace and peace from where? From God. It didn't say the God. God our Father. But in the verse 3, it didn't say from God. It says what? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not our God and Father. But the God and Father. That is serious doctrine. The first one says, Greetings, grace be to you, and peace from God, from, from God, our, fa- our Father, and from the Lord Jesus of Christianity. Okay. We have God as our Father. No religion has God as their Father. No religion. Not even the Jews. The Jews, their Father is Abraham. Not God. So, we have grace from God our Father, and Jesus, our Lord. Ooh, that's what makes you a Christian. You can never be a Christian if Jesus is not your Lord. So the greetings, then it goes to serious doctrine, talking about God be blessed. Blessed be the God. This is not the same God as other religions. This is the God. So Jehovah Witness don't qualify for this. Because I'm talking about their God, maybe the first one, they can try to f- slip themselves in there. But when it comes here, you have a problem because you are talking about the God. It's not God. Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is such a shot. This is suggesting Trinity. Because in the Trinity, he is God the Father, God, no, not God our Father. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So he's introducing Trinitarian theology here. That is why he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Trinity. The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According now it's going a bit deep into our status in God. This is theology. This is called the new creation theology. We are, we are, we are unusual people. We are a new generation. So it says that it's a blessing because of our Lord Jesus Christ. According as he has chosen Remember, I thought about chosen. He has chosen. You didn't come to church. You, were, you, were cho- you didn't come to God. He chose you. God is like a control tower. Speaking, uh, ch- checking who is coming, who is landing in church. At what point in time you are landing. He's, co- he's controlling everything. That is why the guy met you at the time he met you to talk to you about Jesus. It was God. It's not him. How many of you have preached to somebody and the person was crying? And you are wondering, but why are they crying? You know God is working, but you are wondering, what did I say? So I can say it more. (laughs) 
but you are not privy to the reason why they are crying. Because it's not you. There's somebody in the control tower. It's working it, it's working it, it's working it. Some of you, even sitting here, you are so shocked to a certain extent. If you look at your life in the past, you are so shocked that today you are in youth in church. You? What happened? The word happened. Because it's not the preaching. God just used the preaching as a control tower. But he himself is doing it. How many of you know, if you know people who have come to church and their lives have changed? 180 and you have, wow! How many of you know somebody like that? It was God who made it. Because no human being. Sometimes what is even interesting is you can meet two friends. They've been friends for, and they almost, and they do everything together. They go to Ayanapa together. They go to Abiba together. They go to Afronation together. They go to the nightclub together. They are close. They know everything about each other. Their families are even close because of them. And yet, they can be preached at the same time and one receives it. And the other one is still on her way to hell. And one has joined the choir and one is still in the jungles. The other one is still in the jungles. What happened? How? No, it is not man. I know what you are thinking, but how can God, why should God do that? Why should God call only one and leave the other one? Why should God, he said, who are you to ask you a clay? You are asking Porter, why are you making me this? Why are you making me that? Yeah, Romans chapter 9. Who are you to question God? He's, he has a, his own, it's his own prerogative. Has anyone questioned you? Why didn't you make your, one of your hairs black, paint it black, and then paint the other one um, blonde, like, you know, people do blonde? <laughs> when you, you were coloring your hair, did anybody come to ask you that why did you do one strand brown and the other one black? It's your choice. And no one can accuse you. That's your choice. It's your choice. You go to eat as much as you can. Who can come and ask you, why are you eating only rice? No, it's not right. You are, not, you are eating only rice. You are not eating potatoes. Potatoes. God can choose to do well, but it's not fair. Life ain't fair anyway. It's not fair that birds eat worms, but they do. They do. <laughs> the one who taught you lies about fairness has actually misled you. Mis- misled you. Anyway, so according as he has chosen us, this theolo- theology, doctrine, according as he has chosen us in him, uh, 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 chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. This all loaded theology. Watch this. Watch this. Look at the next verse. Having predestinated us unto adoption as children in Christ Jesus, or in Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now look at the verse 6. Why has he done all this? That's, that's, what, this is very important. This is done to the praise huh? Of the glory of his grace. Ah. I want you to read some of these things in the scripture. I want you, what on earth does that mean? So sometimes just it's better you do some 
grammar exercise to break down to the praise of what? His glory. To the praise of what? To the praise of? So the praise is based on the glory. What glory? The glory of his grace. His grace has got glory. Glory is God expressed or beauty. There is some beauty when grace catches you. Am I preaching to somebody at all? This is to the praise of the glory of his grace. Grace has found you. And it's making you look so nice. People can't believe. Is this you? Is this you? Yes, I'm the one. I'm the one you have shown me. I'm the one. I'm the one. Grace. Say he has done all these things so that someone doesn't keep quiet. Uh, He has done this thing to the praise. Because you can't praise. You can't say the pastor did it. You can't say the church did it. But God did it. But he used a church. Because I've been to some churches and God couldn't use them. How can they preach except they be sent? Oh, yes. There are preachers who are not sent. And preachers who are sent. How do you know those who are sent? See the impact. The godly impact. How God can change your life, change other people's life through that church. It shows you whether God is working or not. Let the elders be counted worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor in the word. And doctrine. That's what it distinguishes you from others. Those who labor. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. Your laboring in the word and doctrine is what defines how quality a man of God you are. But I think Ezra chapter 8 from verse 1. There's something there. Let's go to the first one. From verse 1. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front. That was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the Lord, which the Lord had commanded Israel. The next day, verse 2. So Ezra the priest brought the, the book, brought the law before the assembly, assembly of men and women, and all who could here with understanding on the first day to the seventh month. And then the verse 3 says that, then he read from it. So in the first day, look at verse 1 again. That's where I was looking for. Now they gathered together in a square and they told Ezra the scribe, please bring it. They requested, Pastor, can you, can you preach? Can you preach? Can you preach the word? They had come to church. Sometimes you have to make a pastor who is not preaching the, the word feel uncomfortable. Feel uncomfortable because you are not that kind of Christian who is wordless. So he says that he has done all these things to the the praise of the glory of his grace. So come. And when the grace comes upon you, Okay, it leaves the glory of God on you. So, how do you know someone has caught grace? Glory. It shows that glory is the beauty. When grace works on you, it shows it leaves the beauty. And it says that God has done all these things to the praise of the glory. 
So the impact grace has had on you is commanding praise, is asking for somebody, say it, that God has done it. And let's return the glory to God. Now, I will come back to continue, but I need to show you something in a minute. So let's read through, and then we'll come back. Is that okay? No. To the praise of his, the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable in the, accepted in the beloved. Now look at the next verse. In whom we have redemption, last week I, 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 I preached heavily about this. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, go back and go back. I'll show you something. Go back. So he has made to the praise of his glory, he's made us accepted in the beloved. Next verse. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Now, accepted in the beloved, really, give us New King James and go back. You see the beloved there? It's talking about somebody. Yeah, not just the people who are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, the begotten son is there. He says that this is my only son in whom I am well pleased. So his only begotten is his, the son of his love. God loved Jesus. He gave him. And Jesus Christ, we, because we are accepted in him, we are loved by God. So he made us accepted in the, who is the beloved? Jesus. This is very important. So now watch this. I will show you something. This is, um, is the Bible means what the Bible is saying. Let me put it in a different way. The meaning of the scripture is the meaning of the scripture. <laughs> parents, obey your children, obey your parents in the Lord. Did you hear that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Did you hear that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Did you hear that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Did you hear that? And the Bible study did. I said, okay, what does it mean to you? Who cares? Who cares what it means to you? Okay. Who are you? Okay. What did God mean? What he said that? Pure grammar. Don't read into it. No, 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 please. Don't be quick to read into it. What is the meaning of that statement? That's how you interpret the Bible. Before someone tells you. You see, some people don't understand. There's, something, there's nothing deep. There is nothing deep. The meaning of the scripture is the meaning. It's basic grammar. Don't say, you know, when he says that, uh, children, obey your parents. You know, when you look at the word obey, it depends on where you look. Oh, come on. Come on. You can say in the Greek, this is what it means, just to clarify what that means. But don't give you a different meaning. And Jesus came walking on the water. And he said, oh, you know, it wasn't water. And, well, you see, sometimes... But what does the text mean? Yeah. The text said he walked on water. What's your problem? Yeah. The text said God created the world in six days. What's your problem? Yeah. 
oh, it cannot be six days, you know, because, it, but he said six days. Unless you can convince me by common sense and the sense of hermeneutics, interpretation, if you can convince me that what he said does not mean that, that's not what actually, this the actual, it's grammar. Gram, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about grammar, basic grammar. When you are reading the Bible, put on your cap, grammar, the, the, the lens of grammar. Because it was written in English, basic, it's, this, is, this is text, black and white. Don't let anyone tell you what does it mean. If someone said this, what it means, prove it. So then, so then, if you say it means this, and this one says it means this, and this one says it means this, but all what you said, it's different and contradictory. Three, two of you are wrong. One person is right. So the exercise of Christianity is to find out what does, when the writer wrote it, I can't say you are right, and you are right, and you are right, when all of you are contradicting each other. Yes. It cannot be. Because it's text. Yes. Statement is a statement. Yes. What does the, oh, there are other meanings behind it, please. We don't want them other meanings behind it. The one, what he said, the one who wrote it, what did he mean when he was writing this one? Yes. Yes. I, I, I see so when he said predestined, what else should I say? So now, he says that he has done all this to the praise of his glory. Okay, now, back to grammar, right? By which he who is this he has chosen us? So we have to go back to verse 3. To say, ah, okay, blessed be God, the, uh, uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed that? Okay, who? Who is the who talking about? Who, the, who is the who talking about? So, so blessed be God, this God who has blessed us. Who is the us? All right. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the next verse, just as who is the he talking about? God has chosen us. Who is the heart talking about? Us. So it looks like someone is talking about, he's adding himself to the us and said, God and us has chosen us before, the, before him. Who is the him talking about? God. Because we, that, the subject hasn't changed. So if we say it's the him is talking about Jesus, we have to find why we are saying it's Jesus. Because it doesn't, basic English doesn't tell you that. That would not support that. Because when you study carefully, it starts by God. God has done this to us. And who has done this to us? And who has done this to us? So the subject person is, is God. Just as he, God, chose us in him. Okay, now, watch this. I didn't. In him. We are chosen in him. In him usually is talking about Christ, to be honest. Yeah, I I almost missed that. In him, usually he's talking about Christ. When you say we are in him, in him. But you have to have read the entire thing and understood before you come. So for the sake of grammar, let's even say he chose us in God. Does that make sense? So let's assume that he chose us in God. So he chose us in God before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before God. Him, because he chose us. That we should be before him in love. Look at, go to the next verse. The, having, who have? God, having predestined, predestined us. Who is the us? Oh. Us, all right. Unto adoption as 
sons by Jesus Christ to himself. You see, you see, now introduce it by said to himself, God's self, not Jesus himself. To, to himself, according to the good pleasure of whose will? God's will. So God is the one we are. God is the subject matter here, please. According to the good pleasure of God's will. Look at the next verse. To the praise of the glory of God's grace. All right? God's grace by which he God, all right? He God made us acceptable, uh, accepted in the beloved. Who, who is the beloved? Christ. Because he would have said in himself. But in the beloved. A third person has been introduced into the equation. In the third person, now, watch this. The third person gets introduced, and the focus seems to shift from God to the third person. I can see my teacher. So, watch this. In him, now, this him is not talking about God, but now the focus is in that third person who has been introduced. In Christ, we have redemption. Why are you saying it's not talking about God? Because God didn't come to die with his blood. When you talk about the Trinity, it wasn't God the Father who came to die. This one is talking about God the Son now. So he was talking about God, but he moved smoothly into God the Son. Because how do you know it's God the Son? Because I told you, when you see in him, he's talking about God the Son. And now it's so clear that in him, we, who are the we talking about? The us. Oh yeah, you know it. The us. Not the whole world. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Not the whole world. Not the whole humanity. Not the people you like. Not the people who are suffering. A certain people are the us. And those people who are the us are the ones who have been predestined. Who have been chosen. Those people who are the us are the ones who have been accepted in the beloved. Who's who have received redemption. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the redeemed. They have the redemption. So it looks like this thing was not written to everybody. It was written to the ass. Oh, I feel like preaching. It was written to the ass. He wrote it to the ass. He was preaching to a church. He was writing to a church. Shout, I'm chosen. Oh, this is... This is what, me, what makes me like church. It makes me enjoy Christianity so much. When I see God in the pages of scripture, oh, I choose to call it the holy ideology. <laughs> holy ideology is called the gospel. So watch this. God chose us or uh, made us accepted in him, the beloved. Then the focus of the writing moves, the subject moves to God the Father, to God the Son. And he says, um, in him, God the Son, we have redemption. Obviously, you must be very ignorant not to know that this is talking about Christ. Because everywhere in scripture shows that he's our redeemer. He's our redeemer. So, we don't have to waste time in going whether it's Christ or not. So in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Is it not? The blood of his cross. It's the blood of Christ. Okay. We have redemption through his blood, and we have the forgiveness of sins. Again, again, something is showing up. According to the riches of his grace. Now, that's his. I believe it's not God the Father, even though it's okay, 
Because the face, according to the, pra- uh, to, uh, um, uh, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace. He's talking about the Godfather's grace. But here, you can tell that the subject matter has changed to God the Son. So he's talking about God the Son's grace, which is not different from the grace of God the Father anyway, really. Yeah. The grace of God. Yeah. Another way to put it is just the grace of God. Yeah. The grace is grace. Say the grace is grace. The grace is grace. Or the grace is the grace. According to the, this is getting interesting, I'll come back, but according to the riches of his grace, this is Jesus' grace, so now this is God the Father, God the Son, we are, the focus is shifted. So according to the riches of his grace, in, let's go, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and proof. So this riches of the grace was made. He made it to increase. Abound means it's just flowing in your direction. <laughs> in, in, in all wisdom. And God is so skillful. He knew how he got you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He, there's, a, there's wisdom behind how you ended up in church. Yeah. God is so smart and shrewd. There's, a, there's wisdom. He planned it, but he never realized it. That's why he made you make a decision. Jesus, I want to serve you. You thought it's you who said it, no. but he was planning it. He, he, there's prudence and wisdom behind it. It's when you grow up, you realize that actually, it's God who made me make that decision. But he makes you make a decision to serve him without realizing he will not violate your will. Yeah. Yeah. He will never violate your will. But he will grant you the willing. There's a difference. He doesn't make you will. He gives you the willingness. I'm going to preach. This guy is terrible. I don't think he'll, be, he'll believe in Jesus. When I go, he will not accept it. Just go. God said go. Go. When he gets there, God will just give him the willingness. It's a donation. It's a gift. The willingness to accept Jesus is a gift. God just gave it to you. By the time you realize, the one who said, I will never say accept Jesus, you think, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Where did he come from? He didn't come from yourself. That's why I said, by grace, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, by, say grace. grace. By grace are you saved through faith. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, that, it's not yourself. It's not, it's, not, it's not you. It's not, yeah. It's not you. It's actually a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. God gave you the willingness to believe because you would have still died in your sins. So then always you be thankful to God for saving you. Jesus. You can never take the credit for your salvation. Never. How can you take the credit for your being born? You, you can take the credit for your date of birth. No, leave it for your mom and dad. <laughs> you can't even take the credit for your name that was given to you and your birth set. Your birth set. How can you take the credit for that? You, you can't. And how can you take credit for your being born again? No person born takes credit for the, what caused him to be born. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the text. Which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Now, this is getting very interesting. Because 
That's the beauty of the Trinity. The actual subject matter has shifted, watch this very clear, have shifted from God the Father to God the Son. However, all the programming, the planning of our salvation is, is repository in the heart of God the Father. So then, even though the focus of the the subject of the conversation has shifted to the son, is still speaking within the jurisdiction of what the father has done in the son. Okay. Is, is it getting? So what, the God, what God the father has done in the son, but actually now he's focusing on the son's job. So it looks like I'm about to drop something very theological or very, very, very doctrinal here. God the father planned our salvation. God the Son came to execute the salvation. All right? So it was the plan of God the Father which God the Son came to do. That is why he said, I do nothing except that which I see the Father do. That is why he said, I and the Father are That is why he said, I did not come to do my will. I came to do the will. Oh, oh I feel like preaching. He said, I came to do the will of him who sent me. So everything God the Father, God the Son did on earth is a program which God the Father has put in place. The gospel was put in place by God. He designed it. He planned it. He orchestrated it. He, he, re, he, he invented it. He originated it. And then sent God the Son. He said that for I came, oh, 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 I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, I was sent. I didn't come by myself. God the Father sent me. To do his will. So our salvation is actually based on the will of God. That's why when you're interpreting, even though the subject matter has shifted to God the Son, he's still speaking within the jurisdiction of God the Father. But now he has introduced the execution of God the Son. So let me explain it. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, I believe this is talking about his, is talking about God the Father's will. According to God the Father's good pleasure, which God the Father purposed him. See, the purpose was, see, that's why you have to be careful. Even though it is pure grammar, you have to have a holistic understanding before you can be able to tell who this thing is referring to? Okay. Example. There was a revival in a place called Samaria. Wow. Who went down to Samaria? Yeah. You guys are amazing. So Philip went down to Samaria and preached the gospel. And when moved, there was a move. Then the apostles came from Jerusalem. Peter and John. They came and laid their hands. Verse 17. And the people received the Holy Ghost. Verse 18. When someone the social saw that the Holy Ghost was given by the laying on of the apostle, he also offered them money. And he says that give me this thing too. So that upon whoever I lay my hands. And Peter looked at him. He said, may your money perish with you. For you are offense to me. You think you can buy the gift of the Holy Spirit? Wow. Rebuking. He said, oh, please pray for me that these things you have said will not come against me. He was afraid. And in the midst of the revival, the, the angel of the Lord took Philip. So Philip vanished and appeared in Azontos. Uh-oh. 
Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise. Okay. He spoke to him, Arise. And go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 2,000 years ago. They were telling him to go to Gaza. Verse, verse 27. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia. Watch this. An Enoch of the great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. From Ethiopia, people were traveling to Jerusalem. Ethiopians were going to Jerusalem to worship. Mm -hmm. In those days, long, I'm telling you, without plane. Yes. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Look at the next day. This man was reading his Bible. He was returning from Jerusalem and sitting in his chariot and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading the Old Testament. Before the New Testament was written, they were, they were reading. The, that's why Ezra, Ezra, Ezra opened the book. So he was reading Isaiah. And he came to Isaiah 53, where the Bible says that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Put it on the screen. Isaiah. So he was reading Isaiah. Uh-huh. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a, as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearers uh, is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his, in his humiliation, his justice was taken away and who will declare his, uh, declare his generations for his life is taken from the earth. So the Enoch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Is it himself? Is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? He was reading this thing. Is this thing talking about? The one who wrote this, is he talking about himself or somebody else? Who is this thing talking about? Who is being described in this thing? It doesn't look like it's the prophet himself. Common sense, he thought it was the prophet. But if you read further, you realize that this thing is not about the prophet. So he said, man of God, tell me, who is this thing talking about? The Bible says from that same scripture, he preached Christ unto him. Wow. Yeah. He explained, the scripture is all about Christ. He explained Christ. Now, going back to our text, that um, God, Ephesians, quickly, which is on the screen. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to, the pleasure, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed, God purposed this in himself. Now, look at the next verse. That in the dispensation of the fullness of, uh, of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. So you realize that the he might, he might, is talking about God. That's why. God, now all things in Christ. So God is actually the planner. So he, God, my God, that's why I say, according to the good pleasure of his will, he's talking about Christ, a God. Even though the subject, the focus has changed to Christ's work. I want to show you something. That's where I'm going. Are, are you following me? Yes. So now, it starts by God. And when he finished talking about God, who has planned all this, he has uh, predestined, and he said, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Then from there, he comes to talking about, we are, he has made us accepted in Christ and he's talk, he begins to focus on Christ and he says, he God, according to God's plan, he did this to us in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And then verse, 20, verse 10, it talks about how that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he will gather into, uh, to gather into one all things in Christ, both 
which are in heaven and which are on earth. See that in him I told you. You must be, you must be familiar with scripture. Or you must understand scripture to know that in the New Testament, when you see in him, it's not anything but Christ. In him. In him. Say in him. In him. Now, look at the next. In him, Bible says, in him we live and move and have a bit. I like that. In him. Say in him. In him. Ah, we, we, are, we are sanctified in him. We are justified in him. In him, in him. If any man be in Christ. Ah. All right, let's go to the next, next verse. Verse 11. Look at verse 11. Quickly, verse 11 says that, oh, again, in him has appeared again. In him. We have, we have obtained an inheritance. This one is talking, we obtain it in Christ. In Christ, we have obtained an Oh, this predestined has showed up again. Be predestined according to the purpose of God. All right? See, God, God is the planner. According to the purpose of God, who works all things according to the counsel of God's will. Look at the next verse. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to This is the second time praise has appeared. The first one is said to the praise of the glory of his name. Then he starts talking about Christ and the focus of Christ, the things that Christ has executed. And he ends it by saying, well, to the praise uh, that we should be, we should be to the praise of his glory. The first one is to the praise of the glory of his grace. The second one, to the praise of his glory. After talking about Christ. Look at the next verse. He's going to interest in the third person. Look at the next verse. The next verse. It continues in Christ. Watch this. In whom? Watch this. This is very important. This is in him. Who is he talking about? Christ. In Christ, you, uh, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth. That is the gospel of your salvation. In whom? In Christ. Also, having believed... You were sealed with. He has introduced. He has introduced another person there. He has. Oh. Yeah. That's why I told you when he says that, "Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." He was talking. He was introducing a Trinitarian formula. He was introducing the Trinity. Our salvation is the work of the Trinity. Now watch this, watch this is getting interesting. It says that in Christ, we are in Christ, in him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, your salvation is always based on what you are hearing. Oh, what you are hearing, what you are hearing, please. The preaching you are hearing is what determines whether you'll be saved or you go to hell. The preaching you are hearing, the preaching you hear matters. Please, I'm telling you, it's not a church you attend. The preaching you hear matters. That's not who is preaching. Preach is more important than who is preaching. What is preach? I don't like his style. I don't like his color. I don't like his nose. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like his English. I don't like his French. It's not as important as what is he saying? What is he preaching? Don't validate a pastor by his style. Not even by his miracles. God only works miracles to confirm a certain thing that he said. Oh yeah, he worked with them, confirming his word. So the preaching of the word is more important to God than any other thing. 
in, in the work of God. Now watch this. Verse 13. Are you, are you getting something at all? Are you sure you are getting something? After you heard the word of truth, when I used to be on TV, my TV program was called The Word of Truth. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of yourself, the gospel responsible for your salvation wow. is what we're talking about, the word of, word of truth. After you heard it, you trusted in God. Yes. You trusted in Christ. In whom? In Christ also. So you just didn't trust in him after you heard the word. When you trust in him, after you heard the word of God, in him also you were, what, what, what happened to you? In whom also, having believed, you were sealed. Chai-chai. Chai-chai. You know when you buy some gadgets, iPhone, they said if, there's, if the seal is broken, don't ask. When you were saved, God endorsed a seal of Seal is like a stamp. Yes. Your letter will not go until you put a stamp on it. It's a certified copy. When you got born again, genuinely born again, it's not being in church that made you born again, but it's the seal of God certified. In the realm of the spirit, demons know that you are a certified child of God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sealed. In, you didn't just believe. You were also sealed. Sealed with what? What seal is that? <laughs> sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What? I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, so when you receive Jesus Christ, when you believe Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon you and became the seal of God over your redemption. Became the seal of God over your salvation. The seal of God over your adoption. The seal of God over your justification. The seal of God over your sonship. Is that you are not just a son by talking. You are actually being sealed. Show your wonders. Hallelujah. Sealed. By what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at what's coming. Who is the guarantee of a... No, no, no. Uh, let me explain. Can I explain this? Yes. I'm act actually going to talk about the grace in verse 8. But something has moved me. Let me just... I want to do an overview of something. Up. So he says that. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? The Holy Spirit is the guarantee... That this thing, you know, sometimes people can buy a house that has not been built. You buy it from the, on the plan, from the plan. You bought, you bought it, it's, it's not been built. But you have all the documentation, title deed. Before it is, so it's the guarantee of the purchased possession. Your salvation in heaven, your being with God forever is already guaranteed. How does it get guaranteed? By the seal of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the... So then, as you are in Christ, the Holy Spirit was given to you to prove that, listen, anything that is in God that has been promised in the scripture is, is a reality for you. You can experience it. Because you have the seal. It's a guarantee. God has guaranteed. He said, I put my backing on what the Bible is saying, that it will be your portion. 
once you are a believer, once you are a child of God, God has guaranteed that every inheritance in the scripture, you have access to it. Amen. The believer's inheritance. How do you, how, what's, your, what's your confidence? What's your assurance that you have it? The Holy Spirit is the assurance. He's the guarantee. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the crochet, the guarantee. <laughs> yes. The guarantee. Watch this. Of the, until the possession that has been purchased, the, until it's redeemed, it becomes physical, it's become reality. Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the inheritance. You see how it ends? Look at that. That's why I'm coming. Mm. Let's read the last. You can sit down, please. Let's read the last words there. Last line. Let's go. One more time. One more time. It starts with God the Father. Spoke about how he has planned. Then he said, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Then introduces God God the Son. How God the Son came to execute what the God the Father has planned and everything to the praise of his glory. Then he introduces the Holy Spirit and he tells about what the place of the, the Holy Spirit is the one who applies what the God, the, okay, let me show you something. God the Father planned it. God the Son came to execute it and God the Spirit applies it. <laughs> All that is done to the praise of his glory. That's what we call doxology. To the praise of his glory. This is heavy in doctrinal significance. How on earth can you be in your right academic senses or right grammar, senses of grammar in grammar and not understand, not, or de- not accept the existence of the Trinity? Because the Trinitarian formula is right there. That's why I said, when he said, God the Father, the, 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 God, sorry, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, talking about Trinity now. He shifted, his st- when he started preaching, he started with the Trinity. Genesis chapter 1, the first one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the earth was without form and void. And then you hear the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord moved. That's the Holy Spirit comes in. And, the, and God, the best three, then God said the word. Trinity is there right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. It's all, no wonder God said, let us, verse 26. Let us make. Why? Because they, true Christian doctrine starts with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When somebody asks you, what do you baptize in? Tell them we baptize in what Jesus said we should baptize in. Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son. Jesus didn't say in the names. He said in the name of the... So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is one. Islam also comes and says, you people worship three gods. Tell them, open your eyes. If you are are a bit academic, if you have a little bit of sense and can read, read the Christian Bible. It says that God is one. It says there's nowhere in the Christian Bible that says God is three. God is one. Why is this as three persons? Oh, is it not three? No, it's not three. It's one God. Hear, O Israel, it's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Is one. 
First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There is one God and one... Christians never worship three gods. Don't be confused. Praise the Lord. Did you receive something? Give Jesus praise. Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by David Entry. We hope you were blessed by it. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including TikTok and Threads. There's also many more messages to listen to from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and on the Carish Church app. Be blessed.